Hey, what's up? Hey, buddy. There we go. What up, man? How, How you, you doing? doing? Oh, you know, uh, we're uh, it's, it's nice and sunny out today. We finally got uh, everything all shoveled, but yeah, our, a lot of snow here. <laughs> well, I must start the podcast then since everything sounds like it's going jolly. Yep, yep. All right, it's your boy, Shabby. We're on another episode of Growing Weed is for Dummies. We're here with Dylan again. We're going to talk about uh, some dirt grows because I did a did a little questionnaire on my Instagram and it looked like about 60-70% of the people who transferred over there are all dirt growers. So glad we got here to give us some information about that. Very cool. Yeah, last time uh, I was a little bit last minute, um, so I wasn't as prepared. Also, kind of getting used to this whole podcast thing but you know yeah um, cool man how's, yeah. Your, how's arizona doing uh it's, it's beautiful here uh recreation is kicking off um a lot of stores are raising their prices our mountain health is not um but unfortunately patients are the only ones that get the deals well i guess fortunately for the patients and uh, they deserve it but yep. um they specials only apply to patients and deals only apply to patients and uh uh taxes are included for patients as well. Nah. Uh so <laughs> and, and, and not only that, patients have full access to the menu where rec has a limited menu of pre packs. Yep. Um it's all still flour from our grow. It's still great flour, um top shelf flour, but uh a little bit more limited choices, but you know, that, that is expected to change. Uh, for, as of right now, we are also only doing, um, express orders for patients, but shortly that should change. Yeah. Freaking. <clears throat> they only are, are allowed a hundred milligram edibles too, is from what I heard. Right. It's a, uh, yeah. A hundred milligrams per package is what I, I, I believe, um, from what I, and like, like again, I don't work at the store, so ten milligram doses or something. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, I think maybe it, it could be twenty. Now, don't get me on that because uh, not working at the store, so yeah, would need to confirm that. But it is it is a little bit more restricted, that's for sure. But uh, I luckily we did not. You know, there's a lot of stores in town that raise their prices very significantly for even the patients. So. Uh, yeah, so I mean that that's just what I heard actually from some patients waiting at High Mountain Health is that they, they came to High Mountain Health because now High Mountain Health is really worth it to get their good flour, you know. So yeah, inter- interesting market. All the rest are raising prices and, and doing. All- I was actually just talking about this earlier this morning in my other podcast. I did a podcast this morning about vapes and wax, mm-hmm. and about how you know the industry is still like the wild wild west like you can't you can't have an extreme amount of faith in in this industry necessarily right now you have to that you have to be deep in the organization in order to understand what's really going on yeah yeah i mean you know i i feel like maybe we should get into uh some of that on a different episode but i know a lot of the marketing um is very misleading for the cartridges and concentrates I know you're well aware of this, but, um, you know, I always found it, I'm not going to name any names or any companies, obviously, but I always did find it funny that, you know, the same, they have the same strains 
at all times, yet their grow doesn't produce those strains. And you ask one of their reps, how do you get – wait, you make, you make your cartridges with live cannabis terpenes? And they go, yeah, yeah, 100% cannabis terpenes. And you go, okay, well, where did you get that strain? Because that strain – I haven't even seen one dispensary grow that strain in Arizona. Oh, right. <laughs> and then, and then they, they kind of uh, uh, trip over their words and they go, well, 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 it's actually not cannabis terpenes. What it is, it's the same profile as cannabis terpenes. And so what that means is they're building a profile for Gorilla Glue and then they're getting – natural derived terpenes like so lemonine from limes or lemons and yeah. you know uh pining from pine needles and they're building a profile that tastes just like gorilla glue which is fine but when they tell people that it's all 100 cannabis terpenes it's super misleading yeah um i'm not saying that and no companies do it there are companies that do cannabis terpenes but it's a lot more complicated and oftentimes it involves kind of a sacrificing a THC for extraction. There are extraction processes that you can do both THC and terpene. But yeah, was a couple it, of companies that were offering a, like a terpene bar. You know the Phoenix dispensary? Okay. They have a, they have a terpene bar. I'm not familiar with that product. I know the dispensary. Oh, well, if you go into the Phoenix dispensary. Oh, yes, yes. No, I know what you're talking about. Yes, where they can infuse terpenes onto your pre-rolls or whatever. Yes. Yeah. I did like that. You're part of that until one of our our sales reps fucked that up for us. (laughs) Yeah. uh Yeah. 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 I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah, Because that was my favorite store. I was actually one of my favorite stores and I loved that manager. She was great. Yeah. Um, I, I. And when when I went there with uh, that gentleman, uh, they stopped calling us back. <laughs> so yeah, but but but, but shout cool. out to them. Yeah, um, it's a great 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 store, and it's a great idea. And actually, one again, one thing I like about them is because I'm not going to say who I was talking about just previously, but I can I will say that Phoenix Dispensary is nice and honest about their terpenes where they will say these are natural derived terpenes or if they do happen to have a terpene that is cannabis derived they'll let you know but they're not they're not lying about it yeah you know, they're not they're not they're not over hyping it for no reason yeah when you see a lot of these companies saying like oh we use 100 percent live tan- cannabis terpenes and then you go well wait you're your grow has never grown Gorilla Glue or True OG or whatever, you know? It's like, where is that terpenes coming from? And how do you always have the same one, (laughs) you know? I I don't know. You know, so it's it's just – and then you have companies, though, which I respect. They'll be like, oh, no, 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 no. These are just natural terpenes built in a profile to replicate the strain. And you go, cool. You didn't lie to me. Me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, so, yeah, it is unfortunate that – a lot of people don't have, know all these little ins and outs to, and they kind of get lied to pretty frequently. Even the bud tenders get yeah. lied to. So. Yeah, I was working at two different dispensaries, um, doing events at two different dispensaries in the same day. And mm-hmm. I'm at one dispensary in the morning, and they're all listening to Christian music, right? Like sitting in the waiting room, and I'm listening to you know Christian gospel music and. And it's all this, this, this like very clean and, and organized atmosphere, right? Okay. You know, it just felt, 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 felt like a different thing. And then I go to the Phoenix dispensary and they're all listening to Little Wayne unedited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. You walk into like a smoke shop, like a real smoke shop when you go to the Phoenix dispensary and like it's not like necessarily organized, but it is organized, but it's kind of like an open floor where you can yep. kind of walk through and shop for clothing or shop for different things. And it's not like you have to yep. go here and then you have to go here. Like, it's just like you open up the door and you get your own spot. I thought it was a real cool experience. <laughs> it, it is. And you know, that's actually one thing that I love about Arizona dispensaries is that there is a great variety here. Um, you know, I, there's some things that I ultimately will love more about Washington dispensaries and, and, you know, pros and cons of both. But the one thing that's great about Arizona is that there's so many different ones. You can go to ones that feel like a doctor's office that might be more comfortable for uh, an elderly patient, let's say. Uh-huh. Or you could go to, like, let's say, shout out to Ari, uh, Desert Bloom in Tucson, Arizona. Uh-huh. Um, you know, that's a – I'm sure he would – Ari, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you'll laugh if when I say this, it's a very hippie dispensary. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it's very uh, veteran friendly and very, um, you know, it's so so more for the, I guess, more for the relaxed, more uh, old school crowd, if you want to yeah, say. Yeah, that's what I you know about all the people that go there, too, that are like are like the lovers of the Desert Bloom or of that same like it's they become little group like little groups within the the cannabis group you know it's like uh-huh. it's a separate group but they're we're all the same it's it's pretty unique uh, yep and then you can go to prime leaf and you almost have like this uh i mean almost like a i want to say like a, a doc not not quite a doctor's office but like you know it's very clean cut it feels high tech almost like an apple store i guess you yeah I, say. i'd call that one like more of a hipster if i could, yes if I could call yes it, that's like a yes one to me yeah, and I liked working for Prime for that reason. It was, um, you know, a fun atmosphere. So it's cool that there's different, you know, different atmospheres yep. at different dispensaries. You don't get that as much in a lot of other states. Um, Washington, uh, I mean, there's some subtle differences. But in general, you go in, it's a big empty room. You go up to your bud tender and there's a glass display case in front of you and you pick what you want. I mean, it, it's pretty cut and dry. Um yeah, I generally thought, I thought traveling through the state, getting to see like 50% of the dispensaries, you get a wide, you know, you're like, wow, there's a lot of different things going on here, even though it's all the same kind of under the same umbrella, under the same rule book, but they're, they're all kind of doing it in their own manner. And I thought that was a pretty fresh experience. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty exciting, man. Um, so I've been seeing some grow picks. You you in the grow this week or um well still wait you know unfortunately my my prints got processed um and but my DA card is just on hold still like it's just hasn't been, come yet you know yeah um so uh bucks of that actually happening because of the fucking recreational and every single dispensary hiring yeah I, I I'm 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 sure that's what it is yeah um so um. You know, hopefully shortly, uh, any day at this point, you know, it could happen tomorrow or like later today. I could be working tomorrow. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, we'll see. Um, a lot of those pictures are also from my tents yeah. right now. So, Yeah, I know you got, you got your own little thing going. Uh, I actually have several people who are reaching out uh, to me from Arizona uh, specifically and i thought that was really cool that people are getting on board we have a 
we have the the one of the girls at one of the grow ops giving us some. Um, she created a uh, mom's page of like cannabis mom's page on Facebook. Yeah, I, 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 maybe yeah, I'm. It, maybe it's the one I follow. I follow one. Uh, it's like, yeah. Oh man, I can't lady, remember what it's called. The lady we got equipment for. Remember, we sold her some equipment. Yeah. Yeah, she uh, she gave us some uh, shout out on the on the Facebook. So cool. Thanks to Yendi and uh, <clears throat> so a lot of people in Tucson are kind of hitting hitting us up on the podcast. So I figured we'd try to do some. I already have like a. a Growing weed is for dummies. Hydroponic edition. So I figured we'd do round two and try to add some more dirt information to uh, to the the people in for for uh, the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so uh, uh, for one thing, we kind of talked about super soil. Um, I kind of want to discuss a little bit on that, but also just general soil stuff. Yeah, I guess. Um, I I found some of my notes. Um, so just kind of go over some of that type of, uh, information. Um, I talked a lot about super soil last time. I realized that's a lot, maybe a little advanced for a lot of people, but, um, there's a lot of recipes out there. And, uh, like I said, we kind of go over why, what the recipes actually do so that you can kind of customize it for yourself. And, um, I mean, you can take this as far as you want. Um, maybe your first time first few times buy a bag mix of soil and essentially just enrich it with these extra ingredients yeah, so until you're more, you know, until you're more comfortable and then you can actually make your own entirely. Yeah. Um, that's exactly what we did. We tried it yeah. one season. We, we found a recipe on a high times magazine and uh-huh. just followed it to the T and Sensi how- seeds has a really good one on their website. And um, I mean, yeah. sure you can find pretty much, you can find them all over the place online, but yeah. um, the the main thing that you want to take away, just in general, with any soil, you just want a nice, dark, rich soil. It's really light and airy, um, you know, so you get good drainage, maybe a little bit of perlite, you know, kind of sparsely through it, the little white pebble-looking things. You don't want too much, just a little bit that helps the drainage. Um, would Would you recommend something like, um, like, like Fox farm soil or maybe a, uh, oh shit. The, the soil they sell at like a home Depot or a Lowe's. What, what, what type of, uh, so I went with the Fox farm soil from the local grow store, um, to start with because I just moved up here. So I didn't have, you know, a good compost going or a good worm, worm garden going. And so but now I have those things started. In fact, my roommate has a composter already. Um, it's a nice one. And then also a worm garden is just started on our porch. So, um, you know, next season I, I won't have to buy as much. But I did start with a Fox Farm mixture and add to it. So that's actually why I mentioned that. All right. Um, and looking for a good soil mixture is good. And you can do something from Home Depot. Um, in fact, that's great for seedlings and veg. Um, so, for example, if, like, you want to just start out with something from Home Depot, like a miracle Grow or something. miracle Grow, do, yeah. Do, do something with your – do that for your seeds and your veg and then step it up. And that can give you time to either do your own, own super soil or buy Fox Farms and, and, and add and kind of make it a super soil. And um, a part of that, like I said, is just looking for that really dark, 
rich, light, airy, you know, nice crumbles in your hands type of soil. You also want to look out for wood chips. That's a sign of a cheap soil or a poor soil. Um, or the fact that it, what it really shows you is that it's not done cooking. Because uh, if, if it's totally done cooking and, and composting, those wood chips would, wouldn't be there. Yeah, I would and, not recommend having the wood chips at all. That'll fuck up your shit. Yeah, it'll... Uh, what yeah and it just stresses your plan out because the the roots have to have obstacles to go around and uh so you know you kind of just want like i said like a nice dark rich light soil and um one thing that's great about having like a really nice healthy soil like that that has all these benefits of a super soil is you know it uses microorganisms unlike a lot of hydro setups you can add some microorganisms, some microza and stuff like that, some myco, like a lot of the people in the industry call it. But uh, you you aren't going to get the same sort of level of benefits as in the soil or in a super soil. And, um, you know, like a super soil or just a soil in general, a good healthy soil, will use natural microorganisms to break down like natural organic material and convert it into macro and micronutrients. So, uh simple way to put it it's it it's just going to keep feeding itself more or less yeah. if you make a really good soil you and actually it'll end up saving you money because at first you kind of like Oof, um this is a lot of work to make this soil but then you look at the money you save if you do it all yourself have a worm garden stuff like that um, not only are you saving on buying soil you feed less nutrients you will have to water less because the plants just literally don't need as much water and then um, you also kind of have the benefit of the soil kind of, as I mentioned last time, the microbes kind of self pH the soil. Uh-huh. Um, oh, and as you, as you asked, that's another thing to look for when you're buying soil. Um, the pH, that's a big one. Um, most bags will say it and you uh, generally want your soil, you know, they like acidic soil, but nothing lower than six. Um, so generally like six to seven yep. is what you're going to want to, buy your soil in that range and most bags will tell you and if it doesn't probably don't want to buy it yep um so um you could also test see. out the soil there is some testers you could get yes uh-huh uh-huh yeah, yeah, yep uh you know you can even get one of the cheap home depot ones and that'll at least give you some maybe not the most uh accurate ph readings and stuff like that but it'll at least give you some sort of idea where you're at yeah um so those are all, those are all great. <clears throat> and, uh, you can always just kind of play with your ratios. Um, what you kind of want to understand is like the most important nutrients for the plant in general, but in soil, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. Um, all three of those are very important. Um, a decent blend that's light. Shit. I think I lost you. Uh, you can there? hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Someone second. started calling me uh, um, <laughs> like a telemarketer yeah. or something. But so you want to make sure you have these three main nutrients. Um, you know, those are the most important things. And just to kind of give an example. Um, so nitro- nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, NPK. Um, nitrogen. So worm castings, as we talked about la- you know, last time, that's a really good high nitro ingredient you generally want to do like 15 percent 
and like I said, you want to want to look at a recipe online too, just to make sure you, you know, have all these ratios in your head written down or whatever. But as an example, yep. worm castings, high nitrogen, uh, it's a quick release nutrient. So your plants are going to immediately have that available to it. You also have an option like bat guano, the most robust one of them. Uh, it's your most, I would say it's the most robust uh, nitrogen addition. Um, it has a lot more uh, micronutrients and microorganisms in it. Nitrogen additions that you can add. I know you're a fan of bat guano. So, um, I just, um, when we did our thing, we put that at the bottom of our basket so that like when it was in the late stages of flowering, it would pick up on that, those heavy, that's actually probably a good idea. You could definitely do, I just say, uh, if you're going to do it, either do 15% worm casting or 15% guano or half and half. Um, yeah, but the, uh, like I said, the worm casting is going to be more immediately available, but the, uh. Guano is just like a robust, just generally available type of form of nitrogen. Then you also have station meal. Um, you can buy that at you know most grocery stores or online. Um, station meal is more of a slow release nitrogen. So, so what some people will do is they'll like let's say they'll do seven percent guano and then they'll do seven percent station meal. The guano will instantly provide a robust, uh, you know, kind of spectrum of nutrients immediately and then the station meal will do a slow release and the cool part about station meals it also has some calcium and phosphorus in it so it's uh it's beneficial for multiple reasons um if we go down to phosphorus you have examples like rock dust chicken manure and bone meal um Uh all of those were freaking great uh only thing i'll say is if you use chicken manure make sure that it is fully composted (laughs) And, um, you know, make sure basically it smells like more like soil than poo. And, uh, uh, also (laughs) feel it with your hand or make sure that it's, you know, it's cooled off because the process of composting heats it up. Um, but all three of those choices, rock dust, chicken meal or chicken manure and bone meal. Those are all great. Then we go. Yeah. In my garden, I put chicken or eggshells for mm-hmm. calcium and to aerate like in my garden at home for my vegetables. Okay. So you kind of did that as like a perlite almost. Yeah. And then, um, eggshells and, uh, coffee okay. grounds. Yeah. You gotta yeah. be careful with, uh, both of those ingredients. Now eggshells, if you don't fully compost them, I doubt, I'm pretty sure you're kind of using it almost like a perlite, but, um, yeah, I, I put it all over my garden. Yeah. The, guys in my garden so it, it's a it's a it's like i'm constantly because what i think about soil i think about you know the reuse of like how reusable is it you know like at the end like say you cut down your plants and now you got this bucket of soil right like you you have to add ba- stuff back to it right before you you use mm-hmm. it again i would recompost it and like we you know re enrich it with worm castings and other things um Again, like add a so add a potassium source. So we just discussed the nitrogen and phosphorus, potassium. So that would apply to an old soil that you're wanting to reinvigorate. All of this would apply to it. Um, you uh-huh. you know you also want to make sure to sift out any solids like root material and stuff like that because that's going to work very similarly like wood chips. It's going to work against you. Yep. But Get the roots all out yep, there. Yep. Um, potassium, uh, kelp meal, 
compost. So the reason why I wanted to talk about that with the potassium is uh, it's a great time to introduce stuff like coffee grounds and eggshells. Um, you want to make sure to be light on some of those things, especially like coffee grounds, because that can fuck with your pH. Yeah, it's very mm-hmm. acidic. So you want to just kind of yep. be a little bit careful with your compost. But even the most you know, advanced soil growers are always playing with their ratios. So something I like to tell people is like, you're never going to have something. I mean, you might where you're just satisfied with it and you're cool, but you can always play with it. And, you know, you don't have to be exact perfect. A lot of these percentages are kind of more to kind of go off of. They're in the ballpark. Yeah. They're in the ballpark. Yeah. And then yeah. also a lot of these can be switched. So just to go through like a quick list, compost 15%, perlite, like a really thin layer. Not, you don't want to cover it with white, but you maybe little thin white dots every, you know, inch or so. Um, guano, 15% and or worm casting and or station meal. 15 percent um peat moss you want around either that or, or you know a cocoa core you want a carbon layer is what you want right there uh so so to make uh-huh. like a nice rich carbon layer you want to start with like an organic material like peat moss cocoa core something similar um like around 30 percent uh biochar 10 percent um kelp meal a half cup per cubic feet um but again all of these things, they can be substituted. You might, you might substitute the kelp meal with wood ash. Um, if you're going to use wood ash, be careful because that really raises your pH. So be real light on it. Don't raise it over seven. But um, what, do you, what do you think about a good source for, for obtaining most of the, this, uh, this stuff? What, what do you think about a good source, like a Home Depot or a hydroponics store? Honestly, online or a hydro store. A lot of people can't, don't have access to hydro stores, so that's why I try to stay away from recommending things that you can only get there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, compost. I think, I you think can... online. Oh, no, go I... for it. Oh, I, yeah, I figured online, um, your local hardware store, and a hydroponic store. I figured those three would be like the best uh, choices for anybody that's listening to go to go yep. to. Yep, and know? so that's what's great about compost. You can you can make that yourself. So fifteen percent right there. That's already you. Okay, um, perlite. You can order almost anywhere or at any gardening or hardware store. Um, worm. Yeah, floral store. I didn't think yep. about that. Worm castings. You can either literally have a worm garden, which is so simple. Literally go to walmart and go to the fishing section buy a little thing of worms instead of going fishing throw them in a big you know bucket of dirt and uh yeah they'll do it they'll do work and uh <laughs> and, you know not with your plants obviously because you the main thing that i've seen i've actually seen people make this mistake they added worms to their plants directly the worms die uh-huh. in there and then and then you uh-huh. have this like rotting animal in the root mass Uh, yeah yeah. um so so you don't want to add worms directly but you know having a worm garden where you can take worm castings out of is freaking rad um and then cocoa crore you can get that almost anywhere where they sell soil or anything like that or online yeah and the kids yep you know to have some worms laying around you know it'd be fun for the kids it'd be be you, you cool like an ant farm that's used exactly you know? and then you also can go fishing with them too so if you're in if you're into yeah. that 
Yeah, there's a lot of cool things you could do with with a nice little worm mm-hmm. case. And then things like kelp meal, crab meal, bone meal, um, those are all easy to order online and easy to find things. Uh, they're generally inexpensive too. You can generally find something that you know is not going to break your budget. And like I said, a lot of these uh, yeah. ingredients are substitutable. That's also why I was trying to kind of tell people what they all do. Um, the reason yep. for that is you might find a recipe online, right? And it asks for, let's say, station meal as your nitrogen source. But you have a worm garden in your background. Well, there you go. Use the worm castings instead of your station meal. There you go. Um, so there's, you know, it's, a, it's really easy to kind of play with uh, and, and customize for your local area. Again, playing with the ratios, really fun. Um, and then you just kind of, you get to learn what that rich, dark soil that is healthy looks like. And you'll, you'll get to kind of be like, okay, this is the pH I want, the drainage level I want, you know, all that stuff. So it's, it's a fun, it's a fun journey. Yeah. You have a, a specific, cause I've told everybody on here that are that are well obviously everybody's growing but i told everybody on here um to you go by the fox farm grow the uh, feeding schedule um so yeah yes and no um it depends so i use two fox farm ones remember i said they were the pre-packed but they're like their salt line that's pre-mixed um it's called cultivation nation and there's a part uh-huh. a part b is that is that the liquid? no? It's a it's a salt it's a salt it's a salt mix. It's literally a yeah oh, okay. dry uh, mixture. Um, there's a veggie and a bloom. I use those with my other nutrients. I use big bloom, um, which is kind of a generic nutrient that I actually really like. It's uh, derived from human waste, cooked human waste. Is is it uh, Fox Farms? No, that's Big Bloom's brand. That's uh, I use I use oh. a big bloom. I used those two from Fox Farm and um, a few other things. Like I said in the last video, I won't go repeat myself like I said in the last video. But um, yeah, if you guys, if this is your first time listening to this particular dirt um, podcast, go back a couple episodes about five days ago. Growing weed in dirt for dummies is the name of the episode. And uh me and Dylan go about 45 minutes on there straight. He, he just straight throwing dirt <laughs> info out. So if, if you uh, haven't heard that one, that's kind of the first one, the precursor to this. Yeah. One. And I guess my main so, message with the nutrient thing, um, I use kind of a variety of brands to get what I want. I've just grown to like certain things throughout the years. Um, now that, now that being right. said, I always recommend starting at literally like a third of what the feeding schedules say. The schedules are great for timing more than, more than dosage. Um, So like I literally start at a third of the dose or less and then work my way up. And right now I'm just over, like I'm at like three quarters of a dose. I was at a half the last time we talked, I raised it up a little bit. But even still, I'm at uh, three quarters of the manufacturer's recommended nutrient schedule. So, um, you know, one thing to take away from that is these are made from these companies. They want you to use their product. So they're, they're going <laughs> right? to have you use as much of that product as they possibly can get away with you doing. Um, 
without, without killing you. Yeah, <laughs> and, and actually sometimes I've seen that. I've actually seen people follow General Hydroponics feeding schedule or, or even Fox oh. Farms feeding schedule and their plants get burned. Because they're just over, yeah. just just loading them with stuff that they that the plants like, geez, man. So you know, yeah. and a lot of people get sloppy on that yep. too. Like they get real sloppy, and they think that that it's not more is better is what they think, and it's not always the case. Yeah. Um, you you know, yeah. uh, actually, a lot of times I would tell people you would rather under underfeed your plants than overfeed because a, a plant. Well, that is slightly underfed is going to harvest you way better and way more bud than a plant that you stressed out by overfeeding. So, um, you know, it's always just, you know, and then, and then after that, you can kind of play with your your ratios. You're like, okay, it responded well to that. Maybe I'll add a little bit more and see if it does. And it's also the, 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 like the first time, you know, the people with, with a little experience when they see, burning of the leaves when they see any type of difference to their plant that's actually detrimental they go in usually they go into panic mode and they're like you know they they overwater their plant because they think it's that or they give it no nutrients they flush it you know they go into like straight panic yeah. mode and they, they start doing everything they can and they want their plant to get better yeah. today and that's not the case so if if your plant does get fucked up start back get go back to to neutral go back to fresh go back to yep. normal and give it yep. time yeah a lot of that a lot of people kill their plants because they go into you're panic 100 percent right and then they fucking automatically want to fix everything and they they don't know what to fix so then they screw it up even more and then now they got a dead plant and they're like i can't keep nothing alive. no you're 100 percent <laughs> right that is exactly what happens and actually i was gonna try to kind of talk about that is um you know one benefit of starting with a great soil that already has all your nutrients, right? And then you start adding like, all right, what I add a little bit of cow, a little bit of uh-huh. cow mag, right? Yeah. A little bit of the big bloom, which is a nitrogen. It has all nitrogen, phosphorus and potassium, but it has uh, higher nitrogen. So it's really good in the beginning, but I, I'm at, I started at a sixth dose of that and um, a fourth dose of the veggie, from a cultivation nation from Fox farm um, as well as beneficial bacterias and beneficial fungi. Um, and also a kelp tea mixture, which gives potassium and feeds the, uh, the beneficial bacteria and fungi, which helps your plant pick up. Mic- we talked about that in the last podcast, but that whole process, if your bacteria and your fungi and your soil are happy, it'll keep your soil pH and it'll make it so your plant can pick up macro and micronutrients. So it's it's a it's a great thing to to have it set up like that. Um, but yeah, a lot of a, pe- a lot of people are in a rush. Yes. Too. So they're going by the schedule. You know, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I could have have something to smoke in three months. Yeah. You know, and you could literally sit on a plant for three months and keep growing it as a baby, as a veg, or, yeah, or whatever. You uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have to you don't have to rush. This no, thing. you don't. And it's better to figure it out the first time and do it the right time and then go into experimental modes when when you're when you got some confidence behind you. You don't want to go wasting a bunch yep. of money and then not get product that'll dishearten dishearten the, the person. You know, and that's exactly why I was, I was saying, like, if you have a really nice, healthy 
nutrient rich soil and that's full of microbes and fungi, it'll kind of help take care of you because if you're pHing your water, the soil is going to be self pHing because of the bacteria and the fungi. It'll already have nutrients in it. So basically all you'll have to do is pH your water and slowly start to add nutrients. Like I said, at like a sixth or a fifth or a fourth of the uh, manufacturer recommendation. Um, that way you're playing it super safe. You're not overfeeding it by any means. You're giving it a really low dose of nutrients and you already have nutrients in your soil. So you're, you're not, so you're not overfeeding, but you also know you're not underfeeding. It's a very nice so what system there. What do you think it would cost to buy a good starter pack of of the the dirt you're talking about? What do you, what do you think the the price tag on that would be? Like, well, including what, like whatever type of equipment you might need, like maybe you have grow bags. So I was going to actually kind of like, like, briefly discuss out. that one. So the so that's all depending on scale, obviously. Um, if you're just doing a yes. few plants, maybe a $20 bag of let's, Fox Farm is going to do you. Let's but, pretend we're talking to somebody in Arizona who's who's growing their 12 plants or, or something like that. Let's let's pretend we're talking to somebody right. like that. Um so even yeah, so even actually it's a great actually it's a great thing to talk about. Um starting with 12 plants is actually really unideal. Um for one thing cuz you want to be able to if you find a strain you like, take clones from it, make make either mm -hmm. moms from it or or do a technique called super cropping. Super cropping is when you take clones from a flowering plant on its like second or third week of flowering from its lower branches. Um, generally, those, those, those clones are harder to start. It takes them a little bit to switch back from flower to veg and start uh, rooting. But when, but when they do, yep. they grow very robust with tons of crazy branches. So a lot of people believe that super cropping actually gives you a better harvest than having moms. So, so uh -huh. there's a, a lot of things like that, but one reason I didn't start with 12 plants is because I wanted to be able to take clones, do pheno hunts, look for the, you know, if you pop five seeds, one of those might be way better than all the rest. So, you know, yep. so I don't recommend actually starting out with a big full scale operation, but if we go back to having, uh -huh. a, to having soil and making soil, um, so I have a compost bin, which really helps. So I can have the compost that I need to add. But uh, if you're going to just make your make a super soil um, or even just enrich a soil, um, a tarp or even a cheap kiddie pool. Uh, I love the kiddie pools for this reason, just because it's easy to manage. You know, there, it doesn't go everywhere. Um, yeah. But like a cheap kiddie pool is freaking great to make some super soil in. So like, you know, you lay your carbon layer down, your cocoa core, peat moss, for example, you know, you get your nitrogen layer, you, you know, your 15%, uh, let's say, bone, uh, um, what would it be? 15% like worm castings or station meal or whatever we were talking about earlier. And, um, you know, you go down that list, you add it into the, into the kiddie pool or your tarp and you have a, and you have a nice yep. place to mix it. And, um, so yeah. $10 pool from freaking Family Dollar, dude. That's exactly. Yeah. There you go. Super reusable. Use a shovel or some small shovel, kids shovel to stir uh -huh. it all up. Get yourself some gloves. Yep. Um, feet, your hands dirty, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. And then what, 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 put it into like individual 
uh, one gallon grow bags or what, well, um, again, that depends the size of plant you want. Um, since I'm not doing a full 12 plants of, in flower, for example, doing five gallon grow bags. Um, so that's going gotcha. to allow for a massive root root zone and, um, yep. Massive plants. Uh, the thing that's, you're going to wait, you, you know, to hold it down. Cause that once that top of that plant starts yep. budding, they want to fall over if you ain't got a good stable weight system. Yeah, I really bottom. recommend getting bamboo stakes and uh, a screen. You know, just making sure you. I I always use a screen. Probably by by like like one of, they're they're literally like a string or a uh, like a plastic like it's like little it's like a square netting, and um, yeah, I always use that on by like week three of flower. You know, it's I usually put that up. <clears throat> um yep. we can also get into another episode's uh super cropping and you know lollipopping and and trellising all that fun stuff um yeah yeah but more into a dispensary terminology and uh and uh what what type of uh activities and and uh, skill sets that they use in order to propagate bigger mm-hmm. plants and and uh, keep things yeah. all together. I've actually never used netting because I've <clears> I, <throat> I just I'm just not that type of guy. I I tie mine up or tie mine down. It's usually a mixture of both. But I just use like yeah, it, um, like regular plant tie right downs, you but know? in in a because uh, uh, in, in a four by in a tent like I'm growing in a four by four tent that you're trying to oh, utilize yeah. every little inch of space. Um, you're gonna have a canopy yeah. of colas that'll all start to fall, so it's it's a really yeah. And, and then you have and you have four sides to the tent, so it's really easy to put up a trellis. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, like a lot of those, it's funny because a lot of those terminology that the terminology that you mentioned, um, as well. Uh-huh. Well, you meant well, you meant you, well, you were saying <laughs> that the dispensary terminology and stuff like that. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. The the funny part about that is a lot of that stuff, like the plant maintenance is done yep. more in flower i mean there's a i'm doing a little bit of uh leaf fan leaf removal in veg but very uh-huh. little very little um most of my lollipopping uh defoling which is veg leaf, uh fan leaf removal and stuff like that is going to happen in like week three of flower yeah because when you when your plant starts flowering it's it's dedicating all of its energy to that mm-hmm. production. All right. So that's the reason why you don't want it to have seeds either. You don't want to mail around because that means it has to dedicate time and energy to the production mm-hmm. of seeds when it could be doing other jobs like growing more bud or growing bigger, thicker, more THC resonated yep. buds. So what uh, Dylan's talking about when he's talking about cutting it down after a couple of weeks of being in, in the, flowering stage is because it's not going to grow anymore when it comes down to like new leaves it's not going to really grow anymore new leaves especially the fan leaves none of those are going to grow if anything they'll be actually dying mm-hmm. off throughout the phase of the flower. yeah process. so that's actually what i was about to say is i believe in a fairly light default and a heavy lollipop um so think uh-huh. of a lollipop you're taking off a lot of those lower branches and that's where i actually will do my super cropping clones is it's kind of, you know, doing killing two birds with one stone right there. Um, I'm taking off the lower branches and the lower uh, 
larf, if you want to call it that. And then I'm also turning a lot of those into clones to preserve the strain. Um, but yeah, but I do a fairly light default besides the lollipop. I do a fairly heavy lollipop and then I do a light fan leaf removal. I generally only remove fan leaves to let a little bit of airflow in there and to let light hit the buds. If, if the fan leaf yep. isn't covering a bud, I leave it. Um, and, uh, if it starts to die off, then I'll start to take it like in later flower, as Sean just said, um, you're going to get a lot of those leaves dying off and uh yeah if you see a leaf dying off you might as well just yeah take you it. yeah you can don't, don't yeah face but but some people believe yeah. in a really heavy default um i personally did experiments with this at prime leaf with uh john jameson the head cultivation guy over there now um we did uh-huh. some experiments with that and we did extremely heavy default like some of the growers swear by and then we did our default more of a light one and we had a way better harvest from the from from our default and my logic behind that is that it uses leaves to absorb light energy and it does it does need light yeah. energy it still needs to photosynthesize so my my logic is leave as many fan leaves as you can while also getting light to penetrate to the to the bud sites so I believe that one hundred percent. Everything that's that's works. exactly what I believe. But <laughs> everyone has their own or their own thing, their own style. Um, one one guy told me yeah, he does a heavy default because he doesn't care about harvest, and he admits that harvest is way lower. But he swears that his resin production and oil production is way higher. So when he makes extracts, he gets a way he gets way better extracts. So you know, it really does come down to personal preference and what you actually want at the end of the day. Um, I'm trying to provide, you know, smoke for me and my roommates. So I want a big dense yield, you know, it's, it's something I want to have weed for the next half a year. Whereas some people are a concentrate lover. They they might want just the, the most resinous, oily, sticky buds. They don't care about harvest. They just want it to be great for extraction. I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of personal needs and personal preferences so that's what's so so fun about visiting other grows so let me ask um let's talk about equipment what would there need versus like hydroponic because i've already went through kind of the hydroponic Mm -hmm. equipment list let's say for dirt is there different equipment that they might want to purchase whether it's testing equipment or just any type of equipment what do you think they might need um i really dirt? don't think that the tool your tool list should be much different um the uh one thing that may i mean because for example a lot of hydro mediums are very similar to soil they just aren't as uh there's just not as much going on in there like for example uh cocoa core um a lot of dispensaries use cocoa core in their hydro systems and uh because hydro is technically anything that's soil that's not soil um so cocoa crore is a popular one, but it behaves very similar to soil, how it drains, how it holds water. Um, yeah, I mostly got them to understand they needed testing equipment for their yes. water, a pH meter, mm-hmm. a uh, parts per million yeah. meter. Uh, I think it's EC meter. Yeah. Now, now uh, the, the EC is one that, you. I mean, 
that's usually more for when you're starting to, you know, make sure that you're feeding the right nutrients. And that's really important in hydro. Cause like I said, you're controlling every little aspect. Another great thing yes. about soil. Um, as I said, your microbes, your fungi and your bacteria are going to help you not only you know balance that pH, it's just going to help maintain all of those natural systems in there. Uh, you know, so it's, it's uh, not as critical that you add all those things um, in a soil mixture, which is nice. Uh, uh, so the equipment's basically the same besides the dirt holding containers and, and stuff yeah, which I recommend grow bags. Right. Um, you know, you can get the cheap ones that are like basically really thick garbage bags. Um, you can get those cheap yeah. ones, which is what most of the dispensaries use. Um, one, say what? The, yeah, they're the like black basically ones? trash bags. I have a few of them as well. A few of my plants are in them right now, but um, I'm slowly trying to buy back uh, Smart Pots or there's a lot of other brands, but Smart Pot is just one that I've bought. In. Uh, it's a, it's like a fabric made uh, grow bag. Yeah. And what that allows is it actually aerates your soil and aerates your roots. So um, I get great results in those. I don't have any of those at the moment. I'm going to try to slowly buy those back. But, um, yeah. We'll... So what, what you what you, uh, what you growing on right now? Do you, You're just hunting for the right uh, Yeah, that's plants? mainly my thing right now is strain hunting. Because um, I have some – right now I have – 10 phenos that were popped from prime leaf seeds and unfortunately i didn't label those prime leaf seeds very well so i'll only be able to figure out what they are once we butt them out and i can see what they turn into but it it's something from prime leaf and for people to know um there was no males at prime leaf how we got seeds is uh we actually had a little bit of stress and in a few of our rooms which caused a hermaphrodation and what'll happen is on your on your bud site you'll see i mean it's very hard to see but they're literally called banana sacks as a nickname because it looks Uh like a sack like a a bundle of bananas kind of coming out of your bud and it's really small but that's a male pollen sack actually opening up in in and uh they'll do that when they get stressed out a lot of that's kind of a natural response because the plant's thinking to itself wait shoot winter's coming and i don't i there's no males around and it stresses itself out into producing that um how that ha, ha, say what stress produces hermaphrodite yeah <laughs> yeah it does in plant world um <laughs> well maybe, maybe <laughs> well uh the fun you know what's the funniest part is we couldn't figure it out why it was only doing it in these two rooms right we're like what is going on well, what it turned out to be is if you ever look at a security camera at night and there's that red ring around around oh, oh. the uh, camera, that's infrared. Well, p- plants, uh, yeah, light we can't light. see infrared, but the plants very well can. <laughs> they can pick, they can pick oh. up on it. So they were there. They essentially weren't on a twelve twelve light cycle anymore. They were on a twelve ish light cycle. So it was freaking them out. They were like, is winter coming or not? Like they, they, they didn't really understand what was going on. And that caused some seeding to go on. And the reason I still don't know the strain is there was a few strains in those rooms and you don't know who, who pollinated who, you know, it, 
It could be, yeah. a, you know, grape ape pollinated grape ape, and we have a grape ape seed, or it could be grape ape crossed with chem dog, or you know. So we'll we'll have you know I'm excited to see. Um, and then I also got, like I said, that bone saw, which is a Swamp Boys genetics. I got picked that up from a buddy, and that was a already like a pretty mature plant. Yeah, I got. I only got a couple of days left here, and then I'm heading back. I got a room in Vegas ready on the first, but I might leave early and just uh, pay for a room. We'll see what okay. happens. Okay. Well, my room. Uh, my free room in Vegas, they said I have to use it within like the next few months. So if you want to, if you need it, let me know. I'll, I'll book it for you. Cause yeah, I, the shitty part is the room I booked is it's not because the, the free one that I get, they said it's not until the first of February, but I kind of want to, it's either I have to pay for this hotel here longer or I just leave and go well, pay for the use mine then because mine, I have to use by the end of February. Oh, well, we'll talk about that then. Off yeah, the, off yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Check that shit. And then I, I could just pay you back. Yeah, no, yeah, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, I got a ton of. Yeah, rooms, yeah, we'll, fig- you know, we'll so. figure that out. Yep. That's And that, that helped me out because then I, yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's cool, man. Well, thanks for hitting me up on another podcast. I hey, you know, I have fun. Um, I'm, I, you know, I, I, yeah. I, we hit, we're hitting an oh, hour wow. right now. Wow! Yeah, no, I, I, I've, uh, I'm trying to get used to talking properly on here, but, um, you know, it's it's fun. It's well, fun it's, driving it's, off of you. Guys, huh? Yeah, uh, Gary listened to the podcast. He's like, "Hey, I heard." Uh, <laughs> yeah, he messaged there. me. I meant I meant to send it. Oof, I need to reply to him. I forgot. Gary, if you're <laughs> listening, I'm sorry. I forgot. I'm bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh shit bus. my bad <laughs> no it's okay it's okay <laughs> yeah, he, he, I, I don't know what happened but i did some type of podcast or i i was talking to him about something and he's like yeah i heard shuli on the podcast mm-hmm. or something i was like oh that's yeah cool. no and um uh ann torres uh listened as well uh do you remember her uh peggy's friend that worked with the company she no, was, um, she kind of helped out occasionally in the kitchen, but she was mostly on the road. I know you were with the company when she was around, but she was kind of more behind the scenes. She's like Peggy's friend. She oh, she actually cool. manages a dispensary down in Shola now. So nice. Well, I'm happy for all the people who decide to listen in, and I hope they share the the podcast with other people. If they want to ever reach out to me, I'm always available on instagram you could uh direct message me growing weed is for dummies i'm open for questions and all that stuff want to be to help you guys uh grow the best herb possible and if a dummy like me can do it and uh, yeah man and um same here you know uh, anyone wants to uh follow me or message me on instagram it's dog face grass uh d-a-w-g face grass and uh yeah, um, if they have any questions, I'd love to assist. And um, if they want to try some 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 uh, soil grown flour with love, uh, come um, come up to Flagstaff and hit up High Mountain Health. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll definitely be rolling through there quite often. Uh, I'd like to do uh, the YouTube 
when I get back to Tucson and I'm going to do my first series all on the hydroponic stuff. But when the series or season two comes around, I want to, I want to do it for dirt and I'll probably have to come up to you and we'll, we'll do some YouTubes or something. I was actually wanting to discuss that with you after the air. I have a few ideas with, with that actually. Awesome. Well, yeah, I'd like to, uh, to have, uh, it open for, for all growers. So, you know, people, cause hydroponics is expensive, you know, it's an expensive thing to get into and constantly put paying for rock wool or whatnot. It's, it's no joke. So I like options open for everybody to be able to, to grow, even if it's, especially if they're in some good soil, like you, like you are right now, you like your outdoor soils. Yeah, I, I have one plant testing in that soil. It's, it's high clay, um, bad water retention. It's that it does have some issues, but it's better, better than Tucson, yeah. obviously. Oh shit! <laughs> where I was living. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's solid concrete. It ain't even yep. dirt. Caliche. Yeah, but yeah. actually, one of my ideas is because uh, if we start this, if we, you know, if I help you out at all with this channel, which I'd love to, um, uh, I was actually kind of thinking there's a only other similar channel that I know of on YouTube that does anything like that. Really, is uh, the Grow Guys. And now that uh-huh. uh, grow rights are a legal thing here, I was thinking we should organize some grow offs like they do. Uh, so they, they organize some grow offs um, where they get uh-huh. the same cuttings and or seeds to, you know, select growers. And then everyone, you know, kind of does their own yeah. thing and see, see, see what happens at the end. You know, uh, pop your five seeds. Everyone does a five seed pheno hunt from the same batch of seeds or something. Um, I feel like we could do something like that, uh, down here in Arizona, we could even get some of our audience involved with that. And yeah, I'd like to get some clones to people as soon as possible so they could get, get started right away. Clone. If you don't know what a clone is, I got a podcast. Like I said, I actually have clones available (laughs) for sale in Flagstaff. So if someone hits me up on Instagram, it's all the link to do, but, um, if you want to talk about seeds or clones and thank you guys for all your attention and we're out of this bitch. We'll check yep, you yep. later and we'll be on a podcast soon. Um, much love. All thank right. You, Dylan. All right. All right you have buddy. a good day.